Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the fashion. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? The music. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. And the selfishness. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Hey, hey, it's your old pal here, Steve Spears, host of Stuck in the 80s. And the heat of the moment today is Asia. Yes, the 80s supergroup is the topic of the week. And I have with us today... Instead of our usual co-host, Sean Daly, who is too much of a weasel to show up today, and Gina, who's still in uh, recovery, we've got a special guest today is John Sharp, who, if there was a fan club for Asia in Tampa Bay, he would be not only its president, but its founder. Hello, John. Hello, Steve. Uh, nice of you to finally invite me down for this gem. <laughs> yeah, John's been bugging me for about, what, six months now. He's like, when are we going to do the Asia podcast? I was like, we're going to do the Asia podcast when the time is right. And as it turns out, the time is right is when... Uh, Daily bails on me, so and he hey, that's a good there. old John at last minute and say, "Hey, you know that thing we've been talking about? Can we do it in about twenty four hours?" Sure, not a problem. But uh, John and I are huge Asia fans from the first al- album on, for at least a few albums, and uh, we're gonna talk about them today. We're gonna tell you a little bit about where they came from. We're gonna enjoy some of their music, and we're gonna tell you the big surprise about what they've got cooking in the near future. Ooh, that is a good surprise. Yeah, so we're, we're hoping uh, we're, not to give anything away. We also have our Name That Tune uh, contest, and we also have the winner of the Five Hayes Name That Tune. And so it's going to be a uh, hot, hot smoldering podcast today, if I <laughs> dare say so myself. So, so Asia, the supergroup, which is a term I know they don't like, John, right? No, I don't think they cared for it at all. It seemed to be that uh, they were the first uh, big group under the Geffen label that uh, came out, and uh, and they were almost kind of put together a bit by Geffen in that uh, Wetton and Howe uh, wanted to do something together. John, John Wetton and, and Steve Howe. Steve Howe. Wanted to do something together, and then uh, Geffen helped them uh, plug in the pieces with Carl Palmer and... Uh, and uh, uh, Jeff Downs, Jeff the keyboardist. Downs. How did you forget the keyboardist? Uh, I know, I know. I was one of a set of keyboards like that. So what makes them a supergroup? They were from other groups, right? Yeah. Uh, when you look back at their history, um, uh, John Wenton came from King Crimson and Roxy Music, which uh, did very well in the U.K. Uh, Steve Howe, everybody knows from Yes. Uh, Carl Palmer's from Emerson Lake and Palmer. You know, yeah, they've been around uh, <laughs> you know, there. for a long time. And then... Uh, Jeff Downs, a keyboardist, uh, probably got his first uh, uh, national acclaim with uh, Buggles. In that, ah, the Buggles. In that infamous tune that started MTV. Let's hear it right now. Hang on. I heard you on the wireless back in 52. Lying awake intently tuning in on you. If I was young, it didn't stop you coming through.
Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, definitely a highlight of uh, 80s uh, I should pop that, culture. I should work that into every 80s podcast. It should be an obligatory part. It's like, now we pause for the Buggles. <laughs> but no, it's they are a great super group. They've, they've been around forever. People who aren't familiar with them. Um, Emerson Lake and Palmer out it. Go go if you like Asia, go back and listen to some of the old ELP stuff and you'll see the uh the roots of the band there, right? Well, you'll get you'll get some of that feel because uh ELP and and yes, they were both you know progressive type bands, you know, they produced songs that you know had longer lengths than usual and uh, a little more instrumental uh oriented and some complex melodies. So uh, you will definitely hear some of those roots in Asia. Although as uh, Asia grew, uh, things changed a little bit. What do you think um, of, of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? Uh, yes, um, King Crimson and the Buggles. And I think this is an easy answer. I know which one's not the answer. Which of those groups sounds more like Asia? I would say yes. Yes. Yeah. I get, I'll give you that. Uh, I'll give you that. Are you a big the, Yes fan? Uh, I like some of their stuff, no doubt. Uh, you know, it, a lot of guitar-oriented things there. And with me being a guitarist, you know, that always... Uh, uh, works well for me, um, but yeah, but whatever. Hey, so in 1982 they get together, or they, they form in 1981, correct? 81, correct. The the album comes out, the debut album comes out 1982, mm-hmm. and the name of the album. Asia, <laughs> self-titled. You gotta love it. You know, when in doubt, uh, come up with that. You know, ooh, pop trivia for you. Do you know the answer of how they came up with the name Asia? How they came up with the animation. Hmm. Can't say that I do. Aha! I have stung the master. Here we go. I was uh, reading the book uh, The Heat Goes On by uh, David Gallant, who I believe is the the guy who runs Asia's official website, asiaworld.org. Yeah, that sounds right. Right. And his, in his book, he said, he quotes Steve Howe as saying about the name Asia, it was on our list, and everything else got scrubbed off. So it was almost what we were left with. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, that's not what I wanted to hear. But then, he, but then he kind of goes on and says, "How says Asia's the biggest terrain?" And I thought we as a band were trying to absorb a certain amount of the world's market. And I'm still thinking. Yeah, it's not such a good reason to call your band Asia. Especially since it's four English blokes that are doing it. Right, know? exactly. <laughs> I couldn't have called it anything. Called it uh, anything other than Asia. Anyway, it's, it's a cool name. And for some reason, I never even thought about what it meant until... Well we, well, we do have America, and you had Wham! UK, and I'm sure somebody will find some band named Australia out there somewhere. <laughs> well, so. We had Boston, we had Chicago, we had... Oh, go down that road. Don't even start with me. We're going to do a whole <laughs> podcast one day on... On bands with city names and bands with stupid <laughs> names, and uh, I don't know if Asia qualifies for uh, for stupid names, but it's definitely uh, one of the. What's your favorite song from uh, the debut album? Ooh, the debut album. Hmm. Let's see. Choices, choices, choices. I would probably say uh, "Wildest Dreams." Wildest Dreams. You want to hear some of it? Sure. Here we Crank go. it up. Crank it up, Maestro. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I like that tune. Gotta love that stuff. How, how'd it do in the charts? It, uh, it, uh, 
didn't. Um, <laughs> didn't chart. <laughs> no, I, I think the three uh, chartable tunes off that was uh, Heat of the Moment, moment yeah. Only Time Will Tell, and uh, Soul Survivor. Soul Survivor charted? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's probably my least favorite song off that album. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I'm going to go with... I, I love that whole album, you know. It may like one tune better than the other, but man, you know... Uh, I, mean, I know you like "Here Comes the Feeling," yeah, because <laughs> there's, I, no, there's no hidden meaning there. Folks. No, 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 no. This, this, this was a song I distinctly remember him screaming and singing in the car as we drove around in his white Mustang in high school. That he would be getting that thing going, and he's screaming, and we're singing, and having a good time, driving backwards in the parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. I should, I should probably tell everyone. John and I have been friends since. Uh, 1980, 1981. We were were like 13. Yeah, 13 years old. So uh, back in the day in high school, we used to to drive uh, to school back and forth together every day. And one of our favorite stunts to pull was to pull out of the parking lot backwards, um, have me as a driver with my hands out the window looking like I'm out of control of the car when John is secretly steering it. (laughs) And then the nerdiest thing we ever probably did was – Remember we painted the NCC seventeen oh one. Oh, we, painted, we did a whole Enterprise. We made, the, <laughs> we made the whole car look like the USS Enterprise from Star Trek, and, and went I, to a football game. Went like to a football that. game at Clearwater High School. Yeah, and I'm sure we Someone probably got have, beat. Somebody should have egged our car for that move. <laughs> what were we thinking? That was uh, idiotic. But um, yeah, we used to we used to definitely uh, wear out the stereo system with. Um, you know, it's funny because I've ne- I never owned the vinyl of this album. I only owned it on tape. Um, Which I, I think I only had it on tape too until the CDs started coming out. And actually, as I started going through the whole CD collection, realizing that I had a couple copies of the first album in there. Uh, oh well, you know. You know. Strange enough, this album was never Asia as a group has always been bigger in the U.S. than it was in the U.K. And even though they're a UK group for the most part, it, that is interesting because a lot of times UK groups that that may do well over here probably have done better in their home country and even there's a lot of groups that are popular in the uk that you know can't even break yeah. the ice here in, in the right. united states but the critics were pretty much unanimous in that they thought the group sucked yeah that that is a funny part that you know, you know critics a lot of times say things stink and and guess what the public votes otherwise with yeah uh, so i'm trying to think of other bands that critics hate that uh that that uh, we like i'd say journey probably be one do you really think the critics hate Journey? I think they got they got beat up a lot. I think any of those um, um, those type of bands, those arena bo- rock bands, I think Journey. But Journey has a, Sticks, a broad spectrum Sticks appeal. Sticks are, now Sticks got beat up for a certain album, which well, they will, got beat up early on in their career too. But yeah, Mr. Roboto, which you and I, are, John and I, have a great story about Mr. Roboto. I guess. Uh, but uh, we'll we save, save, it, that we'll for the save it for the future. Uh, we're going to do an entire podcast on that one album alone, and it'll be worth it just to hear the story about Mr. Roboto. <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's. But, uh, uh, but let's, anyway, I, I'm a big fan of "Here Comes the Feeling," and I want to listen to it now. You ready to cue it up? Cue it up, Maestro. Burn, Maestro, burn. Mikey like. And what kind of feeling do you have now? <laughs> I'm feeling very sprightly, John. Sprightly. Mm. Sprightly. Very nice. <laughs> sprightly. 
you can always have fun with the microphones. Anyway, so anyway, they finished up uh, their debut album. They toured. Did you ever see them on tour on their first album? Uh, tour on the first album? No. I got to see them in subsequent years. I, uh, uh, you know, that first album was probably pre-John Driver's License. Yeah. Hence the... Uh, hey, that uh, didn't stop me from going to concerts, as the uh, ACDC podcast will uh, attest to. Shall we say your father was a little more liberal in letting you enjoy <laughs> your teenage years than, uh, than my parents. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we uh, they go back into the studio to do album number two, which is called Alpha. Right, and and what's interesting uh, with that, they go into the studio, and it was a, a, in Canada, in a very remote location, and so these guys are cooped up writing and recording this stuff for months and it really was probably the beginning of the cracks of the band that all of a sudden they were probably spending too much time with each other and not being able to get about because all of these guys were city boys so they're used to be able to come and go a little more freely in fact uh, i remember john wenton saying something about a moose would come by on the lake and that was the most exciting thing and they would have to wait another week for the moose to show back up again Jeez. so uh so you could definitely see the whole claustrophobic yeah. thing uh, so it was him so john wetton started clashing with another bandmate during the making of this album right yeah uh, was what it steve howe steve howe steve howe right that, so they start they start clashing they start there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of animosity over songwriting credits um there's a little bit of animosity about the mixing of the album and yeah some of that is definitely going on because uh steve howe contributed in 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 some of the songs on the first album got some writing credit there and geffen felt that since the songs that charted well were the wettons downs pieces geffen really pushed those guys to do the songwriting it, it, it you know it was almost like the behind the scenes thing saying oh yeah we want all the band members to contribute but hey i want you guys to go off into the yeah. corner you two guys pen all <laughs> the stuff okay uh and so that really kind of got steve howe because he really did not contribute much uh, from a writing aspect right. to that second album and this is going to come back to bite me in the butt here shortly but the uh what, what i think is funny is i was reading the book again the heat goes on by david gallant and it was it was talking about how they were under such a deadline to make this album because the uh, the record company was hassling them to get something going. Right, they were giving them a hard time over the tapes they were getting from the sessions. And I heard that the song that I love the most from this um, from this album that probably everybody knows the, the best because it was number one on the radio for fourteen weeks was "Don't Cry," and uh, "Don't Cry" wasn't even was like the last song they wrote. I mean, because there there wasn't even a song that. That was a good single on the album. They finally said, "Well, throw this out in the song together, and we're gonna yeah. we'll produce it and we'll throw it out there." And, I mean, that's that's my fa- is that your favorite song from that album as well? Uh, I don't know about that either. Uh, it, was, it was the most popular one, but um, you know, I think we both liked uh, "Smile Has Left Your Eyes," yeah, which which is a tune that did chart. And um, you know, it's funny talking about that particular album. Um, it, this was still pre CD era. And so there was a lot of, you know, pretty much cassette tapes was what a lot of the music that we oh, had sure, yeah. bought at that point. And they made a conscious decision to add an additional song called Daylight to the cassette-only version out there. And the idea behind it was that there was a lot of bootlegging evidently going oh, right. on with Taping cassettes. Albums, right? And so what they said, hey, this is incentive for people to buy the cassette. Right. You're going to get the bonus tune. And, I mean, that song did not come back out. I mean, you could you could not get it on CD 
uh, for the longest time until sure. they they went back and, and kicked out another one of their anthology type albums, which they've done a boatload of. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, you know, I'll tell you what's really weird about Asia. Every one of their albums for the longest time started with the letter A. And it has <laughs> not changed. <laughs> well, didn't isn't like the new one called Silent Nation or something like that? Well, I, it, oh, he caught me. He caught the Asia guy. Yes, it is Silent Nation. Uh, but when you but it's a silent A. It's a silent A. And what's <laughs> funny is when you look at the the album cover and the pictures from this, it's they have done the whole photoshopping thing of where people oh, just have skin over where their mouths yeah, are. Kind of creepy. A little too creepy. Yeah, it is. But the, we're uh, getting ahead of ourselves. They had, again. They had Asia, Alpha, Astra. Aqua, Aria, Arena, Archiva, and Aura. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I know that is that I'm reading it off a list because, Grant, I, I own exactly one of these albums, and that's the first one. I don't even have uh, Alpha anymore. I think I may have once had it on tape, but, you know, I mean. Now, didn't you say something that you actually had the poster of Alpha or oh, you did yeah. a picture of it in college? That's true. In um, University of Florida back in 85, when we lived in the dormitories, they let us paint the hallways however we wanted to paint them and um we had to submit it ahead of time like our, here's our proposal for painting our and uh my roommate was a big huge asia fan too ken from miami and so we agreed we, we painted the pyramid from the asia alpha album right outside our did you our, do the asia logo in there too best I, you could because yeah it's, yeah it's not easy <laughs> we didn't do like the eagle flying with the dead fish or the palm trees but it was just uh it was the pyramid with the Asia inside of it and the eyes and the clouds going by. It's interesting you point out the, the eagle and fish thing that uh, the guy that did the, the artwork for these albums, uh, Roger Dean, you know, did all the stuff from Yes. And, and Steve Howe had remembered him from him and, and brought him into the loop to do these album covers. And with Alpha, he actually put a different element in this cover that each guy had wanted in. So oh, that's kinda, cool. So it was kind of neat. So they kind of compromised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we we painted that and and um years later when I after long after I graduated and I would go back to Gainesville to see football games, you could still go inside that dorm and it was still painted on the wall. For some reason they never painted it over it. Um they've since torn the dorm the dorm down. It's not there anymore. But <laughs> it's funny cuz we did so many things to our dorm room. We put uh glow-in-the-dark uh, fingerprints all over the ceiling <laughs> so that when you went to bed at night, it looked like there was a bunch of stars. Oh, and then oh. we painted uh, obscene logos on the wall <laughs> in fluorescent paint that would only show up if you were using a black light. Black light. Oh, boy, so do I have did, stories about black light, so my we, friend. We used to do that. And remember, uh, and another good mutual friend of ours, uh, Clay uh, Wiederman mm-hmm. from New York, yeah. he painted something outside his door our college uh, <laughs> John's already like piqued his interest. Huh? Huh? He knows Clay. Huh? Clay, is, uh, Clay is an interesting character. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, he's bohemian. Uh, but uh, he he uh, he, he, he he submitted his little drawing to. He wanted to have a dog drinking water out of a bowl, and uh, <laughs> the, the 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 officials of the dorm said, "Yeah, sure. I don't see why. You know, it's not very interesting, but feel free." And so. Clay kind of took that as a challenge. So what he did was he he had a dog with no hind legs whose butt was being held up by a rope that was held by a crane. <laughs> and he was and he was licking water out of a bowl that had his name on it, which I think was Frontly. <laughs> that and, is. and that drawing to this day, I mean, to, to, the, to the day they tore that dorm down, was still there. The, the, the um. demented... Uh, Psycho dog friendly drinking that's, water. That's funny. It, it's funny you mentioned blacklight. I think that's a big thing in college. I remember attempting to take, I had heard the story of taking tied 
detergent that the little blue sparkles in there reflected the fluorescent and we actually tried to paint it on the ceiling of oh, our man. dorm room it needs to say it didn't work out well but but another nice thing about blacklight is when you had a at least for me oh this that, the, 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 you're not going anywhere weird are <laughs> no, you? No, i'm not going anywhere too weird but i don't, don't want to blow my rating did, on this did you <laughs> did you have a little uh uh, memo the, the erasable memo board on the front of your door for yeah, leaving probably, notes back and yeah. forth. Okay, we would use the term black light, meaning I had company in the room, do not come in. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what's funny is though, everybody picked up on that and then started wearing black light for no apparent reason. So, you'd go away when you really need to be in your room. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we digress, <laughs> yeah, as we tend to do during these podcasts. Anyway, let's uh, play that other song that we love so much for this album. Let's play The Smiles Left Your That's a classic tune. That is a good tune. It really is. You know, it, 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 you know, you know, it never gets any airplay anymore. You know, they always play heat of the moment. When you when you think about play. like their first two, uh, first two, you can make an argument for the third album themes that they have. They're either talking about relationships with girls or they're making political statements. Have yeah. you noticed that trend? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. They, yeah. I'll give you that. You know, oh, okay. Hey, I asked, um, speaking of the experts and what is the appeal of Asia throughout all these years, I, um, we got a call this morning from one of the people who runs the official Asia website, Michael Milborn, and he left us a message with his idea of what makes the group so popular to this day. Let's listen to what he has to say. Sounds good. This is Michael Milborn, co-webmaster with David Galan of the official Asia website. I think the reason Asia has remained so popular with its core group of fans is because the music is so unique, and the lyrics transcend any particular era and continue to speak to old and new listeners alike. At the same time, the band has been able to stay true to their musical roots. For those who liked one Asia album, would most likely also enjoy their other releases. So keep listening and see where the future takes this band. Wow, thanks for calling in. That's that's interesting. Do you, do you agree with that, John? Do you think that if you like the first couple of Asia albums, does that mean you like subsequent albums? Steve is looking at as I am wincing in pain. I mean, <laughs> I, I will admit that I am a John Wetton era Asia fan. Um, you know, when you mentioned about concerts, I had seen them twice uh, with John Payne as the lead singer. And, and the first time I saw him was over at the Rocket Club when they were promoting the Alqua album. That's in, Rocket Club is in, in Tampa, 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 Florida. Which right. is no longer there. There's a car dealership there. Yeah. And my brother and I went over and saw him. And, you know, it was one of those, you know, nine o'clock, you know, thing. And and they had a couple local bands opening up. Well, my brother and I got there at like stupid early, like eight o'clock. And I had the pleasure of meeting Steve Howe uh, before the show. Uh, he was out early helping do sound checks, and man, the man has fingers like the Grim Reaper. I swear, when he shook my hand, his fingers were touching me mid forearm. I mean, it Yeesh. was it was almost creepy, and the guy still had like a twenty eight inch waist. There's nothing almost about that, John. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't know where where you draw the line of creepy, but but when uh, people are tickling my elbows with their fingers while I'm shaking hands with them, I'm uh, yeah I'm weirded out. I mean, yeah, but you know, me being a guitarist, meeting somebody like that as a legend, it was a it was a neat piece, and and we had a good time. My brother and I were like, you know, it's a, a small club, you're standing only, and here we are, you know, second lying back standing screaming having a good time but the, but the new lead singer that they had at that point john Payne, had come out and he had this giant indian top hat thing going on and we were like what, what the heck is this yeah. but uh anyway they're strange now john Payne was from where how did he join the group uh he i think he'd done some studio work with uh with uh jeff downs and uh you know but that's Later type right. year stuff going on there. Yeah. Well, well let's not get ahead of ourselves because we got a good story coming up here. The um, the album we're still talking about is Asia Alpha, which has a lot of great songs. In fact, I just listened to it this morning um, when I was getting ready for the podcast. And I was surprised by how many good tunes it had on it. And there was one tune that I haven't heard probably in 15 years um, that I just I love off this And album. which one is that, Steve? My Own Time. My Own Time. You want to hear it? That you is a good tune. Yeah, fire that one up. That's classic. That is a classic tune. That is a good tune. I mean, and I like stuff like uh, Last to Know, True Colors, Midnight Sun, Open Your Eyes. I mean, the last half of that album is, is really good. Here's, here's, the, here's the great part of this story, though, because they do the Asia Alpha album. They decide they're going to go tour Asia. Right. Now, now, one thing that had happened, that they had been touring a lot for the first album. Right. And, and all of a sudden, they started touring for this album before it got delayed in its release. And so people didn't know the music, and and I think they had sent something like that they had hit Philadelphia like three times in fifteen, 15 months, months yeah. you know, and and they're starting to see fewer people show up because how many times can you go play the same city? Exactly. But uh, uh, touring with Alpha, and then they had the uh, so the the problems with Steve Howe and John Wetton boil over right before they go to Asia to do. Yeah, I think they had done some leg of a North American tour, tour had a little right. break in between, and then they were supposed to go do uh, Tokyo. But for some reason, and it's 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 there's a, there's a hundred theories out there, but it looks like the management group kind of gave John Wetton a little shove out the door right before the band's big show in Tokyo, which was a simulcast concert on MTV. Yeah, so, Westwood One Studios. Right. So who did they get to replace John Wetton? Greg Lake. From, he used to say from Emerson Lake, Lake and Palmer, Palmer so, so that was an easy phone call from Carl Palmer to uh, to to work that. But but do you I think do you think the voices were were similar enough though? No, you see, Greg Lake was had a lower voice, right. and, and I think they were they were saying they had to transpose music about a third of an octave wow. lower, so it well, didn't quite sound the same. Yeah, let's let's listen to a clip of a of a Emerson Lake and Palmer song and see if we can't pick up on that. Wanna be the pillow where I lay So that's the song Still You Turn Me On 
by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yeah. I, I can, yeah, you can definitely tell that's not that's not John Wetton. That's a different voice. So they go. So here's the story. Unfortunately, I hate this story, and John rubs it in my face every time we talk about this. Um, so the the show the, the concert was live on MTV. Right. So it was like in the middle of the night, wasn't it? it didn't like it right. Like so it. it was a fourteen hour difference. Right. So, so here we are up and yeah, and I remember we didn't actually watch. I think we watched like the first few minutes of it live, and then maybe did we watch the whole thing live? And then I I know I I watched the whole thing live, live, but I taped it at my house, and um, it was a good it was an interesting show. And Mark Goodman wasn't it? Mark Goodman who introduced him? yes and yes he, he did. And he and spoke the, in Japanese and he introduced the band. <laughs> yeah, and they had that cool stage where it looked like the Asia Pyramid, and they had these lighting going up. Oh, and yeah. Jeff Get, and Jeff Downs would do nothing but he had all his keyboards set up like on a second level up there. Right. And he's just like running altar. back and forth. You yeah, know, his, it was cool. You know, his back's to the stage so he's trying to do the turnaround thing and, and look back on occasion while the other members are yeah. playing down. So they, they, they play the show. I tape it. And then... Uh, so we have this tape for all, for all, for all time, right? For John? all of eternity to watch. But somebody <laughs> decided... Something else was more important to tape than having this concert around. I, I know. And, 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 and what could I that tape. have been that was so uh, important that we couldn't have the Asia concert forever and ever and ever? Was what was sorry. that movie? Was it, you know, something like it was zapped. Top Gun? It was zapped. zapped. Okay. Zap. That's it. I'm throwing something. I taped, Zap. I, Zap was it? You got to be kidding me! No, I taped. I taped over the Asia concert with Zap with Scott Bale and Willie Ames. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know sorry. <laughs> sorry won't do I'm it, my sorry. friend. Sorry won't do it. Well, what's really sad is okay. So John's held this over me for what twenty years now? Twenty two years? Well, well, un- until until he finds until. That great thing called eBay in our current world. I mean, this was probably the first thing that I was, you know, as, as I gotten into buying some strange things out of, off of eBay, I'm like, I really wonder if this is out there. And lo and behold, I put in the Asia and, you know, concert footage, and all of a sudden, Asia and Asia concerts. Got it from Canada for about twelve bucks shipped. Wow. So now uh, Steve. Uh, but then we uh, sat down and watched it about a few months ago, and we're like, "This sucks." <laughs> it's amazing I, I, how I, much things I seem better to, with I time passes. John, what is worse, Zapped or Asia and Asia? I still think Zapped. I'm sorry, although there was a really cute chick there's in some, the scene. Wasn't nice there? Wasn't, hang, hang on, wasn't there a scene about the the lightning the acting as taking yeah. pictures of the girls setting yeah. up? Yeah. But there's, then, some, there's some major league. All right, okay, scenes. all right. And zap. There are no top scenes in okay. Asian Asia. So, but uh, and the other sad thing is, of course, the Asian Asia tape you had doesn't have all the pre-concert goodies that MTV had. No, so and, that's lost. And that was an interesting thing because those uh, are lost. That's a loss for all mankind. That, uh, that supposedly uh, John Wetton still didn't know what was going on, and they had taped MTV to ask him, "Oh, can you do this little footage, little interview of him like walking down the, uh, the airport concourse. airport concourse, you know, and he and saying something like, you know, goodbye." See, and they edited out. He said something like, "I'll see you later in America," and they edited out the "in America." America. He just said, "I'll see you yeah, later. later," and they're like, "Hmm, that's interesting. Pretty, that's pretty. That's pretty dastardly of MTV." But so anyway, so John's now got his Asian Asia tape, and uh, I am much happier for much it. Happy. Even though I have only watched it twice, I watched it once when I first got it, and then drug you over and made you watch it, and then we went, "Okay." Anyway, there was only one other really <laughs> good album. There was only one other more album of theirs in the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah, it came out in let's see, nineteen eighty four. Four? 
Four. Trust me. Trust me. No, I was in college. I am the master of I was all in time. college, 1985. Hang on, hang on. Ha ha. Right here on the back. Okay. 1985. Fact error by the newspaper guy. How about that, huh? <laughs> Boy, your editor will be I'm on, on the you. online newspaper. We make errors oh, all day long. Oh, it's we okay, then. lightning fast. Okay, now I understand. The, um, what give us a good tune? I want to hear one good tune off this album. One honest, good tune. Well, it, it, in my opinion, it's not the the single that was probably the most popular. Go uh, because at this point, John Wenton had come back. They recorded this album, but news to say, Steve Howe left the band. Wow! So they had uh, acquired a guitarist by the name of Mandy Myers from Crocus. A guy probably a little more or a girl. It's a guy. Okay, <laughs> but definitely more of a. Uh, heavy metal flair, shall we say? Yeah. So you definitely notice the guitar work has a very different flavor in this particular album. Okay. Uh, but I would recommend on this one, uh, "Voice of America." That was the other song that charted, that, and, and it's a good tune. Was that the Voice of, of America? America? Like I said, I told you, it's it's all like okay. politics or or chicks, man. Okay, let's Hit. cue it up. Fire away. Yes, I remember that tune. I guess I do remember that album. I didn't know that yet another H album I did not own, but but through the magic of John lending me his uh, CD, I can hear it anytime I want. Well, I think what's funny is they talk about that the first album had done like five million. Uh, copies initially, and the second album had done two million, which was still a success. But you know they were feeling the heat to produce that kind of numbers again. And this album, I don't even think I think barely went gold. So that's only two hundred and fifty thousand. So, so it really uh, was probably the nail in the coffin right. to uh, the Asia that we had known. And after this album, it, would, it wouldn't be until the nineties that we would hear from them again. So, so long, Asia. As far as we're concerned with you, no more Asia in the eighties. Ah, the magical refrain of my favorite tunage. It must be time for name that eighties tune. You familiar with this, John? Yes, I am, uh, seeing as I do have you've to pop your website you... being a, a, a best friend. Right, yeah. If you've ever, <laughs> it's a requirement. Uh, it, it's, uh, you've never gotten it right, though, have you? I have never gotten <laughs> all of them, no. No, especially when you do those montages. That yeah. kills me. Yeah, we love the montages. Anyway, Name That 80s Tune is our little contest here where we play you a clip from a song. And if you can name the artist and the song, we will send you in or a drawing to win a TBT baseball cap. And they're pretty nifty. So... Without further ado, let us play last week's tune. Aha! Do you get? It? Do you know that one, John? Uh, can't say that I know them all. Sorry. No, you, no, but it's just oh. that, it's just that one tune. That's one, just one tune. Song. <laughs> uh, brain fart. Uh, redo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, try that again. <laughs> no, here here it is. One more time. Aha! It is actually Nick Kershaw's "Wouldn't It Be Good." That's not a bad tune. It's not a bad tune. But that's a hard clip to figure it out from. But uh, three people got it right this week: um, Mark Canali, and I'm probably saying the names wrong, from Glendale Heights, Illinois; Paul Manning from Wales in the UK. Can you believe that? All right. Hey, somebody over there, they can probably see some current Asia lineup going. And as always, we used to we almost always have a winner from Canada, and this week it is Peter Ryan from Montreal. Congratulations, so- eh? <laughs> 
We're not gonna, we're that we're doing that rush podcast soon. You know it, and we're bringing out that take off to the Great White North uh, parody. That did did, did you see? They were running a MTV Classic was running concerts, and they had a, a one for what? Eh, brain fart again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had one for uh, Rush, and it, it was fantastic. Was it? I I've saw seen them. Yeah. I've seen them live. I saw them on their uh, Exit Stage Left tour um, down here in St. But it's Pete. funny see- seeing all these bands again, over again. You look at the pictures of what they were in the you know seventies, eighties, what have you. They and, look and, a lot and, different. And you, and you see them now, and everybody has been eating well for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> including I'm not in a band, I including well. us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in a band, and but you but you wouldn't know it to look at me. The um, so anyway, guys, uh, look for your hats in the mail soon. Anyway, here is this week's tune. So listen carefully as we play this week's tune. We'll play it a couple times for you. Um, and here we go. Pretty spooky, eh, John? Do you know that one? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you have every Rock of the 80s album that there ever was. This is on one. I guarantee it. It must be some song I'm skipping over. That's okay. for sure. I, I, should, I shouldn't have said that. Well, there's only 20 of those, so if you can narrow it down from there, feel free. Anyway, let's play it one more time. Ah. So that's the tune. If you think you know the artist and the song title, email us at stuckinthe80s at tampabay.com and uh, give us your guess. And if you're right, we'll let you know next week and we'll uh, possibly send you a baseball cap. So good luck. Hey, speaking of tough um, name that tune challenges, did you ever hear the montage of the five haze that we created? Yeah, yeah. And two through four were were, were ones that I recognized and were able to dig out. But, uh, uh, you know, tr- that first one was the one that to me was the killer. Right. Uh, you know, here we go. I'll, let's, I'll explain what I'm talking about. We uh, we had a couple of people who complained that our our uh, name that tune picks were a little too easy, so our uh, our Uber producer here, Dave Morrison or Mister Mojo Ryzen, as I like to call him, <laughs> uh, concocted this evil montage that uh, I, I listened to it. I don't know a dozen times. I maybe got three or four of them, but nobody except for one person got all five of them. And let me uh, just to show you how hard it is. Let's play it one more time. Hey! 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 hey. That, my friend, is hard to do. Yeah, that first one still blows me away. So no here's, idea. I'll let you. Here's here are the here are the answers to actually what those were. Number, the first hey is from Art of Noise, close to the edit. The second one is Kajo Gugu from Too Shy. The third one is Katrina in the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, which I thought that was one of the more obvious ones. Yeah, yeah, that yeah yeah three. four. Four is rom- the Romantics, What I Like About You. Everybody knows everyone that one. knows that one. But you know what's funny because like three of them sound like it could have been that one. And then the last one, which is the one nobody got except for one person, is the producer's What He's Got. You know, and, and that's a great tune. What he's I mean, got. do you remember the video from that? Yet. MTV days? Yeah. No, no, these no. guys. And they actually came and played my college. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of them. No, no, no. I'm sure I have. I just... No. If I played the tune, otherwise, if we had a little more Jack Daniels, I'd start singing it. Oh, God, I'm going to need some tonight. My throat's so sore today. (laughs) The the one person who got it right um, was Bryce Gardner from Clinton, Utah. And he runs the ExtremelyEighties.com website, which is a fantastic, fantastic 80s website. That that would explain why he got all five, that's for sure. Yeah, but we got other people who... Who've gotten every other contest right? You know, a lot of people have already entered every week, even though they already won the hat because they just want to know if they can get it right. And, but he was the only one. I had people that would, who would get three of them right. I think one person maybe got four of them right. 
but uh, only one person got it right. And, and so uh, Bryce is going to get a TBT T-shirt, a photo of your hosts, and a hat, and pretty much anything else he wants. <laughs> a photo of the host? Does that actually come autographed? It can. If, oh. if we could just get Gina in here for for an uh, afternoon. Speaking of Gina, Gina Vivanetto is our co-host for uh, Stuck in the 80s. And she's been unfortunately missing for the last month because she was bitten by a venomous snake off the coast of Peru. And it turns out the antidote is only made by an indigenous tribe in Alaska. Did you know that? No, really. That's complete. It, what, what kind of oh. snake was it? <laughs> Don't even say it. Don't. <laughs> uh-huh, that but, kind of uh, snake. Okay. No. So anyway, no. Gina was uh, had, had uh, surgery about a month ago and has been in and out of the hospital ever since. But last week she was uh, nice enough to call in and give us an update on her condition. So let's hear from Gina. Hi, stuck in the eighties people. It's your co-host Gina Vivanetto. Do you remember me? I'm sitting here hooked up to IVs in the hospital. I miss you, Steve and Sean, so much I can't stand it, and not just because the only people I've been talking to for two weeks now are doctors, nurses, and nurse techs. Uh, I've been in and out of the ICU and the ER, and, well, speaking of all that, I have an idea for a future podcast for you guys because I've been listening as much as I can, but it's amazing how you can't really get Internet in the hospital. Um, well, here's an idea for a future episode um, or a blog item or something. How many stars got their start in the 80s playing on hospital shows like St. Elsewhere's and things like that? Or just how many stars played doctors or nurses or somebody in the medical field? I'm thinking of, well, Bill Cosby certainly didn't get a start, but he did play Dr. Cliff Huxtable and Mark Harmon. Wasn't he on St. Elsewhere and Howie Mandel? And the list just goes on and on and on. There are so many people who played people in the medical field, and I'm not sure if I'd want any of them actually working on me in real life, but there you go. Anything could happen in the 80s. That's why it was such a magical decade. Let's get me out of here. I miss you guys. I miss you, Sean and Steve, so desperately, and all of our listeners out in the 80s land. I'm going to be out of here soon, good as new, and I'll be back with you soon. But for now, I'm forever stuck in the 80s. Aha, Gina, we love you. We love you, too. And uh, uh, even Mr. Mojo Ryzen misses you, even though you didn't name him in the uh, your little message there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the good news is Gina is out of the hospital now. She's at home. She's recuperating, and hopefully she'll be back doing the shows very soon. Because uh, since Steve Sean, is running out of resources yeah. <laughs> between if Sean's not here and if I'm not available, uh, you know, I'm bringing my mom in next week to explain why she wouldn't let me go to the Kiss concert in 1980, why she wouldn't let me go to the Duran Duran concert in 1984. And why she wouldn't let me go to the REO Speedwagon Cars Double Bill in Lakeland in 1985. You know, it's funny. Your mom wouldn't let you go to those concerts, but my mother took me and one of my other friends and his mother. We went and saw Porky's of all movies. Really? Jeez. Yes. And needless to say, that opening scene, uh, needless to say, when he's uh, measuring certain oh, appendages. Oh, that's right. I'm kind of like, I'm trying to uh, what's in the opening scene of Porky's? Me and my buddy, we're what? 12, 13 years old, we are like, turning beet red in the movie theater, and our mothers are laughing so hard, it's not even funny. You know, we're like, oh, what do we do? I, I, I love Porky's. Uh, 
I don't. I don't actually. I think it's one of the most most overrated movies of the eighties. But I love the. Why do they call you Lassie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's, uh, there's certain uh, certain scenes of that movie definitely uh, that were very good. Yeah. So, but Gina's coming back soon, and when she does, she's going to take a bar of soap and shove it straight down our throats because <laughs> Sean and I have like have spread a. Uh, a film of testosterone over this studio that can only be cleansed by someone with the um, magical powers of Gina Vigorano, So <laughs> Yeah, that's what that smell was. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the topic at hand, which is yeah. Asia. Asia, we've, we've, we've kind of wrapped up their, their doings of the 80s, but the big news that we've been waiting to tell you is that there are rumors afloat from very credible sources that they are going to reunite the original lineup and tour on their 25th oh, anniversary. Yes. The 25th anniversary tour. 64 slices of American cheese. Which reminds me, 25th anniversary. We're going to go see a band. We want to go see a band doing a 25th anniversary that we had seen in high school. God, we're getting old. Yeah. That's sad. I, That's, I remember when the Stones hit their 25th you, you anniversary. Know, you know, thought, are, you, how lame is that? And, and to think about what Amir, it's about two years ago. Right. I had. For some reason, I had come across the the AsiaWorld.org website and and looked up future concerts. They had one listing in Miami in mid in mid April. Yes, and I said, and I saw that I saw that I saw that I said, I'm just going to buy four tickets. We're both going (laughs) to take our wives. We're going to go down and have a good time. So I buy the four tickets. Call him up and say, Hey, guess what I got? You want to go do this? And Steve says, No. (laughs) Well, first of all, let's think this one through. We're going to bring our wives to an Asia concert. <laughs> There's some something in the wiring should have kicked in right there that said, uh, no women like Asia. <laughs> I, that might be overstating things, but uh, needless to say, I, I couldn't go. I think some other things popped up at the time, but uh, you went and saw them. Though, yes, right? yes. My wife and I again? drove. We did, you know, what, five and a half hour trip on down to Hallen, lovely Hallandale, Florida, and they were playing at the racetrack the horse track there and and you know it was probably it was an outdoor venue guessing maybe right. seven eight hundred people Yikes. Uh, i was able to need to say uh sell the other tickets and uh, and had good. a good time you know and, good. i and, feel and, bad i didn't go but you know i i don't even like drive over to tampa to catch a gators game when they're in town so well you know you know they covered most of their classic you know asia tunes right. and and the new guitarist they had at that point um his name was a uh, guthrie Govan, the guy was like was good. guitar musician of the year, voted wow. by something. Nice. I mean, he he really is an amazing guitarist, but but definitely a little different yeah. style than. than so if Steve they come Howe. by on the 25th anniversary tour, you're going to see him. Uh, yeah, the question is, how far would we drive to go? I think see we this said band? Atlanta. We would go as far as Atlanta. It was like a nine hour drive for us. Yeah, eh, seven but, and a half, eight, depending on who's so, driving. Well, the rumors are afloat that they are going to get back together. I asked, I emailed the. Uh, the guy who wrote the, their biography, and I asked him, what did he think? And he wrote back, me back just about an hour ago, right before we started today, and he said, plans call for a reunion tour later this year. Things are moving quietly ahead behind the scenes. Unfortunately, due to the logistics of the band's official website, which is run by John Payne's... John Payne? Yeah, yeah there's... His, web, his management. You won't find any details there. Keep an eye on Jeff Downs' official website. Or the sites of the other fishing Jeff members. Downs, Carl Palmer, Steve Howe. I, I started right, popping all, all have, of these. Keep an eye on their websites, and you will find out um, when this tour takes place. Or, as always, just go to www.tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s, 
And I will let you know as soon as it happened, because believe me, I will be all over that like a fat kid on a cupcake. Yeah, he better be. In fact, you know, if if I find out ahead of time and I acquire the tickets, he is just going to be kidnapped for that for yeah, those we'll couple see. days and, and we will make an event out we'll of it. You know, sure. the Go-Go's are in town this week. The Go-Go's are oh, in town. Yeah, but did you see that photo? I only recognized Jane Weedland out of that group. No, I didn't see the photo. Uh, yeah, it's it's like you see her and I think the, one other member I kind of recognize. They're obviously older and the other yeah. three girls are much Because they're probably younger. getting close to their 25th anniversary. I think they, in fact, I think they're at it, too. Yeah, because... So. Yeah, so, but uh, they're, they start out a little bit younger than our... Because I mean, the guys in Asian now are like... 110 years old. Yeah, are they not? Even though that music may have crossed the same period, Asia, Asia had, they were established on, members yeah, that were brought they're, together. They're, and they're in their, they're and the Go Go's were a bunch of young they'll, they'll girls do doing we'll, we'll Our Lips Are Sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, is probably a reminder for us to. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to wrap lips. it up here, but uh, uh, don't worry about it. There's no need to cry. We've got your favorite song for you to end this show with. And until next week, we will see you. And thanks for having me, Steve. Finally right. forcing you to do this. Two friends forever, still stuck forever in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the online departments of the St. Petersburg Times and TBT. The weekly podcast is engineered by Mr. Dave Morrison. Special thanks to David Peterkowski for our show opener. If you'd like to blog us, please do. Our blog address is www.tampabay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And remember, you can subscribe to the show at iTunes. I'm Steve Spears. Hello. Arr, 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 arr. <laughs> and you know, they introduced Gina and she's like, eh, about time. <laughs>